Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. Thanks for staying with me, Lily, on Money FM 89.3. For those who follow local news closely, you know that the Singapore Parliament just prorogued last Friday. In simple terms, that's taking a customary midterm break, which also marks the midpoint of the government's term. Parliament will reconvene on the 10th of April with an address by President Halima Yaakob, who will be setting out the government's priorities, policies and programs for the rest of its current term. Thereafter, there will be a motion of thanks for the President's address, where MPs will get to scrutinise and debate those plans. For more insights, we're joined by Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University. Good morning, Prof. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for having me. All right, let's get straight into it. Can you explain why the prorogation of parliament needs to happen now? And what's the difference between what we're seeing versus the dissolution of parliament? Sure, Lynn. I think it is important to bear in mind that um, in Singapore, uh, parliament usually takes a break, uh, you know, midterm. But there is nothing, uh, you know, in the law or in parliament standing orders, you know, that require parliament to be prorogued. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, p- Parliament could be prorogued uh, more than once. Mm-hmm. But prorogation is, is usually a time for the government to take stock of uh, its plans, you know, and for it to be able to chart out the plans for the rest of the term. So in that sense, you know, it, it is a break, it is useful, it is a pause, um, and, and in a way, you know, the government is able to then sharpen its program, its policies, um, you know, for the rest of its parliamentary term. Mm-hmm. How does prorogation differ from dissolution? Well, dissolution just means that parliament comes to an end. All the MPs would have vacated their seats uh, and and a general election would follow mm. uh, within three months of parliament's uh, dissolution. So prorogation means that parliament is still in progress, whereas dissolution means that the term of parliament has been brought to an end. Now, Prof. PM Lee mentioned also in his Facebook post on Friday, and I quote, this recess allows us to review important issues and set the direction of the government. Where do you see this heading? What can we expect? Well, you know, the first session of Parliament has been very much dominated by concerns with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we think about, um, you know, what Parliament's plans would be, uh, the government's plans would be for the rest of the term, I think, you know, they would certainly focus very much on, on the bread and butter issues, um, you know, the economic insecurity, you know, as a result of uh, global tensions, uh, in particularly um, you know, the conflict in Ukraine. So I think, you know, if, if we look at the first session being dominated, you know, by the pandemic, I would say that the second session, you know, would be dealing with, you know, the consequences of the pandemic, um, you know, so, so while things seem to be improving rapidly, I think that the data suggests that uh, for many parts of the world, and Singapore included, uh, you know, we're still not back to, you know, pre-pandemic normal. So you, you, if you think about the specific concerns, I think, you know, if we look at issues, you know, such as public housing, affordability and accessibility, uh, property prices in general, as well as uh, you know, cost of living, I think these are headline issues, you know, that will pretty much dominate um, the second session. But I think we will also see, um, you know, the government using the opportunity, um, you know, to to also have try to get Singaporeans to look beyond uh, 
the bread and butter concerns, which are important to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at you know how the social compact can be strengthened, and this is particularly where you know the government will bring to an end you know the forward Singapore uh, consultations, and and we expect policies and laws you know to then be put in place uh, to implement um, you know the recommendations that flow from that significant consultation exercise. Okay, we'd like to touch on leadership succession here. Lawrence Wong, who has been chosen as leader of the PAP's 4G team, has since been promoted to Deputy Prime Minister last June. We know that PM Lee had previously promised to see Singapore through the COVID-19 crisis before passing it to his successor. The dust seems to have settled quite a bit now. So the million-dollar question here, when would be the right time for PM Lee to hand over the reins to the next PM in waiting? That's a tough one. I think, you know, we, we can certainly expect the, you know, the handover of power probably before, um, you know, the next GE mm-hmm. um, or, um, you know, later, um, you know, a couple of months uh, to about a year after the next GE, assuming the PAP is returned to power. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as mentioned earlier, I don't think, you know, Singapore is still out of the, the woods. Um, you know, we're dealing with the consequences of, of the pandemic. And I think it bears remembering that in politics, Timing is everything. Mm -hmm. I think there is a sense that, you know, there will be undue uh, delay. Um, And and, and while we get a sense that things are pretty much settled, I think there is also a question of whether the timing is is right. And and so I think, you know, we we can expect the elections, you know, any time from the last quarter of 2024 to the first quarter of 2025. Mm. Um, And and so I I think, you know, we are actually not very far off, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from handover of power, you know, assuming the PAP mm. uh, is successfully returned to power. Okay, following last GE, we saw the first-time appointment of Mr. Pritam Singh as leader of the opposition. But of course, not forgetting as well, former WPMP Ms. Raisa Khan resigned in 2021 after admitting to lying in Parliament. What is the Workers' Party's report card looking like so far? Lynn, I think it, it is a mixed report card. Uh, I mean, certainly the WP started promisingly, um, you know, 10 seats uh, after the 2020 general election, resulting in the Prime Minister appointing Mr. Pritam Singh, you know, as the leader of the opposition. But as you mentioned, you know, I think the lying scandal brought the party, you know, back to earth uh, figuratively. Um, and, and, and not only that, it also implicated, um, you know, the party leaders, Mr. Pritam Singh, as well as Mr. Faisal Manap. Um, but I think there is still a strong reservoir of goodwill, you know, that has enabled the party to withstand uh, the setbacks. You know, internal cohesion uh, remains uh, relatively strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think among Singaporeans, I think there is the view, um, you know, that despite the significant setbacks, you know, it is still uh, the leading opposition party and that Singapore could do, uh, you know, with a more competitive political landscape. So I I would say that, you know, the the WP has also been able to press the government on some of the pain points, you know, whether we're looking at housing, cost of living, Mm. um, you know, those bread and butter concerns. Um, But they have to be careful Mm -hmm. um, because they are not out of the woods. You know, there is still the the AHTC uh, lawsuit, you know, Mm. in which some of the party leaders have been sued for for, for negligence uh, in, in, in the running of the town council. And then there is also the ongoing uh, investigation uh, into Mr. Pritam Singh and Mr. Faisal Manap uh, lying on oath, uh, you know, at the Committee of Privileges inquiry into Ms. Raiza Khan's lies. Um, so, so I think, you know, they will certainly try to 
focus the attention on people's pain points, you know, to avoid, uh, you know, letting people focus on, on their own internal issues, um, you know. But but I think the party uh, is likely to be resilient. Um, but I think what happens, you know, could potentially be game changing. What happens in the second session could potentially be game changing. All right, we're in conversation with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University. Prof, bring our attention back to the prorogue. Do you think we will see a potential cabinet reshuffle during this midterm break? And if so, what sort of movements might you expect, given that we only saw very minor changes in the last cabinet reshuffle in June last year? PM Lee has, um, over the last decade, uh, you know, generally had a cabinet reshuffle um, every year. Um, so I expect this year to be no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what will be different this time is that we are possibly looking at a fairly uh, extensive uh, cabinet reshuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2021, uh, in the 2021 reshuffle, uh, seven ministries had new ministers. Um, in 2020, after the general election, we still have four ministries you know, which have ministers appointed then. So I think you know when, when you look at the, the 15 ministries, we, we have quite a significant number of uh, ministers, you know, who have been imposed uh, either since 2020 or 2021. Um, so I think the time is probably due for the usual rotation, um, but it's not ro- rotation for rotation's sake, but I think it is also to give, um, you know, particularly the 4G leaders, uh, you know, the opportunity to be exposed, you know, to new assignments, to bigger responsibilities. Um, so I think, you know, we can expect significant changes, uh, you know, and, and, and the question really is, um, you know, is that I think they will take place, um, you know, within a couple of weeks, if not months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the big question is how extensive they will be and whether, you know, they will give us an insight into mm-hmm. uh, how Mr. Lawrence Wong's team, you know, how that is shaping up as well. Okay, before we let you go, which issues debated in Parliament stood out for you in this first half term? And when Parliament reconvenes on the 10th of April, what kind of issues are you looking to see being discussed? Well, I think bread and butter issues, um, you know, were very prominent, uh, putting aside uh, the pandemic concerns. Um, so I expect bread and butter issues to continue to to feature prominently, um, you know, because the second session typically then leads into uh, the general election. So I think all parties will want to be able to demonstrate, you know, that they are doing what they can, uh, you know, with regard to people's uh, concerns. Um, but I think we will also see the government trying to shift the focus, um, you know, to the strengthening of the social compact, because I think that will also form a key plank of the PAP's uh, fourth generation leadership's mm. goals, you know, in, in terms of how they will lead Singapore. And, and I think Singaporeans are also ready to, to focus more on post-material concerns, you know, and, and by that I mean things such as, you know, what does it mean to be Singaporean? What are the what, what are Singaporeans? What are the values of Singapore? What is our national identity? You know, and how do we build a, a fairer and more just society? So I think these concerns are becoming more important. And so the challenge that we will see in the second session, you know, is, is the three bill parties represented in Parliament, mm-hmm. you know, trying to capture the imagination of Singaporeans as to their policies, their agenda, as a leader, you know, to the next general election. 
All right. Thank you very much, Eugene. Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at Singapore Management University. Thank you for having me, Lynn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.